Hey everyone, uh, Jason Klein here. I'm the senior minister here at Refocus Christian Church, uh, located in Fallonsby, West Virginia. I just want to say uh, thank you so much for listening to our content. Uh, feel free to share or like or leave any comments you have. Uh, we're always looking to engage with people. Uh, what are some questions you have? What are some things that you might be learning? Uh, and at the same time, if you want to know more about us, check us out at refocuschurch.com, uh, which also has a link to our Facebook there. Uh, and so it just has uh, upcoming events, things that are going on, uh, sermon series that we're in. Uh, so once again, thanks for being a part of this. Thank you for listening in. And as always, please feel free to share and comment or like, because uh, we want to make sure that we're trying to reach as many people possible uh, with the good news of Jesus Christ. All right. Have a great day. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the sacrifice that, that you make on our behalf. Thank you for loving us, God, the way that you do. And, and it's, it's powerful. It's incredible to watch you work and to watch how you continue to use us as your church. God, we love you and we thank you. So let me pray. Amen. So you'll notice that things are a little different this morning, and, and not just because I'm wearing a button-up shirt. Uh, I realize this is not normal. <laughs> don't get used to it. Uh, I don't mind dressing up every now and then, but if you've ever met me for very long, it's not really my style, per se. Uh, but Rob, rocking the vest, I have one. I was like, I should have wore my vest this morning. You and I could have been like buddies, man, like twins up in here, uh, you know, because we're the same size and everything. Um, <laughs> so we've been talking about this idea of communion uh, and this idea of eating at the table in the last couple weeks. We've talked about uh, the importance of food, uh, the provision that God provides throughout uh, the Old and New Testament. Uh, We've talked about the importance of table fellowship, Uh, so coming together as believers and eating together and building relationships. And then we've talked about the importance of the table as evangelism. A lot of times, and we talked really heavy about that last week, that a lot of times the best way to build relationships with people is to eat with them. It's a common practice. We get coffee, we eat together. Uh, places, uh, was it Leonardo's over in Stoomville? Uh, you look at coffee shops. Coffee, so- coffee shops design themselves to come together so people will come and feel at home, right? So you kind of sit there and you, you get to know each other. Uh, Eleven some years ago, uh, longer than that, uh, Danny and I were in Greece. And if you've ever been to Greece, they love coffee. I mean, they're like, like they think Starbucks is dumb uh, because their coffee is like significantly better. But but one of the things that I noticed in Greece is culturally, they could have like a little cup of coffee and sit there for hours with people and barely drink it. <laughs> and literally, you'd come back and, and it would still be kind of half full because they were so focused on the relationship aspect. They just, they enjoyed getting together. And, and if you've ever had their coffee, it's like 17 espresso shots in one cup. Like, I'm not even joking. You, like, drink it, and you, like, you grow up. Like, it's amazing. Uh, but they just, they love their coffee, but, but they understand fellowship because they see the meal that they share is not necessarily food to eat, but as a way to build community. 
And, and that's something that I think in our culture has become a lost art. Between fast food and phones, when we eat together, we, we don't awfully enjoy each other's company. We're just trying to get done. And, and so today, the, the last thing we are going to talk about to kind of finalize the series is, is the communion table. This is the table that we celebrate every Sunday morning. This is the table where Jesus sat with his disciples and, and he tells them, uh, my time is coming. I'm, I'm going to die soon. So, so let's eat of this meal. <laughs> and, and the disciples were confused. There's, there's no possible way that could happen to you, Jesus. And he says, listen, you, you don't, you do not understand what I'm about to do. And in what you don't understand is what I'm about to do is actually for your benefit. And, and so when we talk about the idea of communion and we talk about the bread and we talk about the cup, this is, this is one of the weightiest things that you and I as believers share together. It's not just bread. It's not just a cup. It, it's, it's a remembrance of, of what, what, what would become of the one that we would call Savior. And, and so the early church practiced this meal very often. And then there's some discussion, and listen, I, I'm not here to, to point or say that one church does it better than the other. I know that we as a church believe in doing it every Sunday. I know not every church does that. I, 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 listen, that is their choice. That is how they have decided to celebrate communion, and I personally don't have a fault with that. But, but we as a church believe that, that the early church, that every time they got together, they would break bread. And, and honestly, I, I would argue they probably did it more than just once a week because it was a very common practice for them that every time they ate together, they would partake in some form of communion, some form of remembrance. However, the early church also ran into a problem. And, and Paul addresses this. We're going to be in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 17. And, and the reason why... We're doing things different today is because my goal is to wrap myself up quickly, more quicker than I normally do, because I, we're going to take time at the end of service, and we are going to partake of communion. But we're not going to rush through it, or we're not going to kind of breeze on by like it's not a big deal. We're actually going to, we want to create time for people to gather with their family and take of communion together. And I said this last week, and, and I still stand by it, that this is a wonderful opportunity. And I know some people sometimes a little weird about kids you know, taking communion. I, I think this is a wonderful opportunity for you to sit down with your kids and to stand there with your kids and to teach them what communion really is. And let them partake of it. Let them understand. Let them feel the bread. Let them take of the cup. Let, let them, even at a young age, start to process the sacrifice of this. But before we get there, we're going to look at what the early church did and, and, and 
how the, the church in Corinth actually took this meal that was supposed to be a good thing, and they manipulated it. Starting in verse 17, Paul is, is writing directly to them. says, in the following directives, I have no praise for you. Whew. That's some harsh terminology. Right out of the gate, Paul's like, I, this is not a good note. I'm not writing you because I'm, I'm going to give you props. He says, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. To some extent, I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show, you, uh, to show which of you have God's approval. So then when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. And as a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, the cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats uh, the bread or drinks of the cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. So that everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. The, the, the church in Corinth had, had taken this very powerful remembrance meal and, and turned it into an opportunity for gluttony and abuse. There's, uh, there's enough information that we have from the context that a lot of times churches would get together and some people would show up early, you know, in high esteem, and they would eat everything before anyone else arrived. And then the people who rolled in late for whatever reason were left hungry, and, and they would send them away and say, no, no, you go figure out. You figure out your own food. And mind you, this is supposed to be a shared meal among believers, but, but people would come and, and they would try to push themselves in at the table and, and they would sit in high-ranking areas and try to make themselves something that they weren't because they felt this need to prove to God that they were better than their neighbors. So they took this meal, the, the, this, this gathering together, and, and they abused it. I think we talked about this last week, but there's room at the table for everyone. So often in churches sometimes we we come <laughs> we can come to church with kind of a moral superiority. Like you and I have it all figured out. And 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 we, we come across that way. You know, we're we're trying to we're trying to love people and show grace and mercy, and, 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 and a lot of times it's not what we say necessarily, but, but it's how we, how we treat them that affects them. I think I've told this story before, but 
uh, a young girl that I used to work with when I was in my 20s, first young Christian, still trying to figure out my own personal faith. And her and I had a good relationship. And uh, one time she said to me, and it's kind of always stuck with me, that, you know, she was going to go out one Saturday and uh, she was going to go out with friends and probably have a beer. And apparently I looked at her in a way that I didn't realize, but she's like, you do that. You do that all the time. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And she's like, you just, so you just act like you're so much better than me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I really have no, like, what did I say? She's like, it's, it's not what you say, but it's the way you react to me. She's like, you, for some reason, you just come across as arrogant. And, and listen, I'm telling you right now, my initial response to that was, yeah, right, whatever. <laughs> I'm good. That, that's a you problem. And, and then I started to evaluate myself and, and my interactions with people and things that I said and things that I did, and, and I realized that there was a little bit of truth to what she said. And, 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 and I think that this is, this is what's happening here is as the early church, the, the church in Corinth, by the way, messed up, lots of stuff going on in Corinth. This is just one of many. But they had started to elevate themselves. They, they had forgotten the brokenness and the bloodshed, and, and they had somehow taken this, this meal and, and made it about them. And, and Paul is just is not mincing words. He's, uh, Paul's blunt. He's very honest with them. In this passage, Paul is confronting the Corinthian church over the partiality at the table. So the meaning of why they were gathering had been lost. What should have been a time of generous fellowship and unity at the Eucharist, by the way, that's another name uh, for the communion, if you've heard, never heard, not heard that. Uh, the Eucharist had been corrupted by selfishness and societal hierarchies. There, there was this idea, uh, the Greek word that uh, we understand or that communion comes from, the, the word is koinonia, one of my favorite words in Greek. You guys want to learn Greek? Ready? Koinonia. Come on. Koinonia. Koinonia. So koinonia is one of the, it's this idea, it's this Greek word that, uh, that establishes the idea of fellowship and sharing. And so particularly in this case, it's talking about uh, the sharing of a meal. And this had two parts. There, there was typically a fellowship meal, so uh, churches would get together and eat, and then there was the Lord's Supper. And for a long time, these things were connected to each other. One usually didn't happen without the other. What had happened, though, by the time Paul reaches this, writes this letter to the church in Corinth is, is they had forgotten this part, and they had turned it into this, like, gluttony feast. So they would show up, they would eat, they would get drunk. And they had forgotten the reason they had gotten together to begin with. But the idea of, of koinonia is, is this idea of a shared commonality coming together with the same intention and the same purpose. I like what Russell Moore writes. He says, moments of fellowship are important. Part of the hospitality 
part of the hospitality in the Bible calls us to. But they can't replace the supper Jesus had given to us. In this supper, we confess ourselves to be sinners together. And we proclaim together the gospel that restores us to right fellowship with God and with one another. We experience Jesus in our midst, serving us the kind of meal that connects us with the upper room in Jerusalem, uh, past and with the marriage feast of the new Jerusalem future. As we serve the tables of Christ's communion each week, we are calling uh, the church to be a different kind of community. The kind of community that cannot, cannot be dissolved by, teddy, by petty conflict or disagreement. As we eat together around the table of Christ, we're called to a recognition that we are at the table of a kingdom. And we are called there to recognize the presence of the king. Not so much in the elements themselves or in the individual spiritual reflection, but the body he has called together, the body of sinners like us. Only then will we really get what the scriptures mean when they call us to fellowship. The communion meal is designed to bring us together. It, it, it unites us under the, the simple yet profound sacrifice of the Son of God. It's about remembering the body broken. I, listen, I realize that historically speaking, it's usually unleavened bread. I'm aware of that. But, but there's something about the tearing of bread that it just gives substance to it. The, the same way that the bread is, is broken and torn was the same way that Jesus was broken and torn. Right? There, there's something to that action that, that puts you almost at the table with him. As he spoke to his beloved disciples and said, listen, you do not yet understand what I'm about to do. But I'm about to break my body for you. And, and then as, as, they, as they moved on and, and he talked about the cup and the blood that, that he was shed, I can only imagine that the moment that, he, that they were at the cross and, and they saw him hanging there and they saw the brokenness and they saw the blood and, and they saw the sacrifice that every single person thought back to that table and was like, now I get it. He, he wasn't just trying to give me food, but, but he was trying to give me something that, that would sustain me for the rest of my life into my eternity. The communion meal that you and I share unifies us under the sacrifice and the bloodshed of the Savior of the world.
And so oftentimes when we take it, I think we miss it. I think we just want to drink the cup, eat the wafer, say a little prayer, move on. By the way, and I'm just going to kind of put this out there, and I'm not in your head, but there might be some people after this, they're like, oh, that's great. I love how we did. We should do that every Sunday. Listen, it's not about, it's not about how we do it. It's not about uh, the process necessarily. What matters is, is the reason behind it. You can take a loaf and a cup like this. You can take a cup back there. You know, Catholic churches still drink out of one goblet. Uh, there's, there's plenty of ways to, to do it, but, but it's not so much how you do it as, as, as much as why you're doing it. The, the, the body broken is, is, is symbolic of, of the flesh that was torn. And, and the bones that were broken. And, and, and the chaos that ensued. Jesus knew what he was walking into. He, he was ready for it. And he sat down with his disciples and he said, every time you eat of this loaf, and every time you drink of this cup, you remember me. Because if I don't do this, there's no hope for you. Communion is so much more than just a simple meal. This is not something that we are supposed to ever take lightly. And I'll be the first one to tell you that sometimes I do. Listen, I, uh, I, I believe strongly, and, and, I, and I've worked at a couple churches that didn't take it every Sunday, and, and the reason they chose not to, and, and, and it's a common thing, is we don't want it to become common. And listen, I, I get that. Because when you do the same thing over time, you know, it, sometimes it, it, it can become repetitive. But, but I think that that's where you and I have to make sure that we are really, really paying attention when it comes time to break of the bread and drink of the cup. It'll become common unless you intentionally don't let it become common. To actually put the thought into what happened. To, to actually examine yourself the way that we're supposed to, to, to actually approach the table with a, an understanding of grace and thankfulness and remembrance. Because everything you and I do as the church stands on the brokenness of that body. <laughs> and on the shed of that blood. Because without that, we're just a bunch of people that like to hang out together. But this, this unites us. This is what we stand on. This sacrifice is why we remember why it's so important to invite everyone to the table because everyone needs it. I think I already told some people, but uh, if someone would go grab the kids out of the nursery and the kids downstairs, 
Uh, we're going to pull everyone up. We're going to get together as a family. Uh, we're going to spend some time. After I pray, Nick's going to share uh, communion meditation, and our worship team is going to kind of play some music in the background. And, and we're going to take some time, and we're going to take communion together. And uh, around the room, there's three different tables set up. And, and I want to strongly encourage you to get together with your family, with your community group. Uh, maybe there's a guest <laughs> that you see here that they're new. I want to encourage you to get together, to gather around the table, and to take communion together. To, to actually sit and think and pray on exactly what it is that's been done for you and I. And, and I want to encourage you, uh, you know, as if there's people around the table, feel free to sit where you are, examine, think, you know, meditate to yourself. Uh, and I want to ask you to, to please be respectful of other people. So if, if for some reason you feel or you want to go, that's okay. Just be aware of what everyone else is doing and try to exit quietly. And, and I want us to really take the time to, to, to feel, to, to feel that broken body and, and to drink uh, of, of that cup and, and to realize that the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of the world was the moment Jesus decided to lay his life down. The world is looking for hope, and here we find it. We, we find it at the table. Don't miss this. Don't rush it. Don't just, let, don't just act like it's not a big deal. Give it the focus and attention that it deserves. Close your eyes and imagine yourself sitting at the table with Jesus as he passes the bread. Take the time to teach your kids why this matters. Take the time to process yourself why it matters. Change your life. God, I, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for everything that you do. In this moment, it, whatever that, that time is, God, let us, let us be focused on you. Let us gather around the table with our, our families and our friends, and then let's take of communion in a way that shows, God, the, the, the reverence that it brings. Not to miss this moment, but to come to your table, to remember your body broken and your blood shed, and to leave with a sense of peace knowing that you did that for us. I'm going to invite Nick up.
Hey everyone, thanks so much for checking out this week's podcast. Hey, if you want to learn more about our church, check us out at refocuschurch.com or look us up on Facebook at Refocus Christian Church. We're located in Fallonby, West Virginia. Uh, we'd love to have you and your family out. Come check out and see what God is doing in our people, in our community, in our church. All right, later.